0: Welcome back everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm Austin, the host, and I mean, where do we start this week? We are officially, I guess, into week two of the conflict with Israel and Hamas. I guess they're referring to that as a war now. Uh, Given the length of time, I, I suppose that would be appropriate. We're seeing a lot of escalations on both sides, efforts being made by both sides to... Uh, I, I guess, yeah, just escalate. I guess that's that, you know, um, one side makes a move. The other side has to escalate to meet that move, uh, both in severity and, uh, and, uh, magnitude, I suppose. Right. Uh, it's, it, it, it raises a lot of questions you know we did uh, a sit rep episode on that and as things have continued to develop right Hezbollah is now involved on the Lebanese border. Uh, I read an article somewhere that you know Armenia might might invade uh, you know to get to, to Turkey and stuff and um, it's just'm <clears throat> it, sorry Azerbaijan might invade Armenia to get to Turkey which, I mean, the whole region, right, has turmoil, has instability, has things going on all the time. It just seems like right now there's a whole lot up in the air over there between the Russian-Ukraine conflict, Israel and Hamas, or Israel and Hamas slash Hezbollah slash possibly Iran, since Iran's leadership did come out and issue, issue a message saying that escalation of force will be met. There will be, you know... Uh, repercussions for whatever moves. Uh, who knows what any of this means? A lot of it is speaking in hypotheticals. A lot of it is political pandering. Uh, but 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 certainly, right, things that can't be ignored, given that these are world leaders with y- y- national militaries at their disposal that are making these comments, and I guess you could consider them to be threats. It's, it's strong language. Uh, there's, like I said, there's a history of aggression and turmoil in that region of the world with these countries and their governments. So I don't know that we're going to see anytime soon, right, A an all-out resolution, an end to the conflict, an end to the fighting. I think that's part of the difficulty, right, is that these groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, they, they have havens in other countries uh, where they aren't able to be Chased down and, and defeated completely. That's why they've been around as long as they have. So more to come on that. You know, obviously, I think a lot of us are are keeping a very close watch on what is transgressing over there and and what's developing and what it looks like. I I think we we are dispatching Marines over to that part of the world, so that could be cause for concern too. If the U.S. enters into military action on behalf of Israel, that that you know that that has repercussions as well, with the countries that are going to a support us, as in U.S. slash Israel, if that's a thing, as well as the countries that were would would stand to oppose us, uh, which possibly could be Iran. I don't. It, it, you get it gets very dicey when you're talking about world powers and countries and conflicts and things. So a, a lot to to you know unfold with that, and uh, certainly we'll like I said we'll keep our. Uh, Our ear to the ground on that. But this week, we actually have a a really good conversation for you guys to check out. I am joined by Chance Cooper. Now, you guys, Chance has been on before. Chance, I think, may actually be as distinguished an honor as this is. Chance may actually be our first three-peat guest who isn't a host, who isn't, you know, like my wife or or something like that, right? Uh, But Chance has been on before. Uh, We've talked uh, about his work with uh, Holistic Solutions Group when he was with them. Uh, I think most recently, I want to say it was maybe it was six, maybe seven months ago, we had him on talking about the application of robots and things like that and how to apply those into standing CQB tactics and and what SWAT teams are employing and how they can be more effective, right? Um, As that was some of the curriculum he was developing with HSG at that time. Fast forward now, uh, I actually finally got to meet Chance uh, you know, in September at the HTA Range Day, and uh, got to talk with him, got to check out the night vision demo that he was giving. Uh, really, really good time, but he also put on one of the classes at the HTA Range Day event, which I did not get to take, but... Uh, my buddy Steve did take, which was his vehicle combatives course. And after hearing Steve talk about it, it sounded very interesting to me the way that it sounded like Chance approached it was different than what I had previously understood vehicle combatives to be. So knowing Chance and and having that good line of communication, I thought, hey, this would be a really good opportunity to dive into this subject, to uh, hear him speak about this subject and get his thoughts on you know, fighting around vehicles, fighting in vehicles, what you can do to be more safe, more effective, and more capable, you know, with your vehicle. We're going to get into all that and more. Uh, I got a feeling it's going to be a pretty good discussion. Me and Chance usually have a pretty good time when we get together, and I, I, I think you guys are really going to dig it. Before I get on over to that piece of this week's episode, though, I have to say a few things. First and foremost is, you guys, please check out our link tree. Um, we recently like in the last 4 or 5 days here we finally launched a storefront so we now offer t-shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and cups okay i think there's like a tote bag in there somewhere too uh and like a pet bandana but we finally have a storefront believe me when I say we don't make much money off of each of these things, uh, we do make a little bit in full transparency and that, you know, comes back and helps support us here eventually when we, when we make, you know, enough money to do something with. Uh, but really we just had people asking us, you know, Hey, when are you guys going to have shirts? Hey, when are you going to have hats? Hey, when am I going to, you know, see this? What, you know, can I get something like that? And uh, it, it's been a, an effort that's been on the back burner for a while. It's been something that I've really wanted to do, but as with all things that I really want to do, it, it kind of, ha- it has its place in, in the list of priorities. This was just not the biggest priority that we've had, uh, until the last couple weeks. And I was able to, uh, talk with Jacob who runs, uh, he runs his own Instagram, uh, you know, uh Big Iron Boys on Instagram is is his Instagram tag. You guys can go check him out. Um, But he's a friend of Josh's. That's how I met him when he was up here in July and came out and trained with us. And he was able to make, you know, some recommendations and help me kind of get my feet wet, so to speak, with getting the storefront up and running. Uh, And kind of from there, just took it, got a couple base designs, base ideas out there. And now we have it, you know, so you guys can go check some of that out. Again, that's in our link tree on our uh, Instagram uh, through Spreadshop, so if, you know, go check that out. Order a shirt, like I said, every every order a little bit comes back to support us. So that's new, that's exciting. Uh, you know, order a shirt, order a hat, whatever you want. Doesn't you don't have to, uh, but you know, you want to support us, you want to rock the gear. I think that's kind of cool. Um, also, have to say thank you, of course, to our Patreon patrons. We are making a very concerted push in the end of the year well, hopefully the end of the year, but definitely into 2024 to bring even more content to our Patreon patrons. So long form videos, we're talking, you know, 12 to 15 minutes, and sometimes even upwards of 20 minutes, just depending on the topic, the subject. And I know we've gotten a couple of messages for requests on content. So we're going to start bringing that to those patrons, because that's that's the perk is, you know, you pay to to have access to us, we're going to do things like custom drills, custom targets, which I just put up a couple of those on the page, uh, and, and a whole bunch more. A couple months ago, we were able to hook up all of our patrons with access to the Scope Cap Pros from 100 Concepts. Jonah and company were nice enough to take care of the patrons with that. So you guys can head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Check out all the good stuff we got on uh, on the site over there. Like I said, drills, we got some uh, blogs and articles and targets that you can print out for free, all kinds of good things going on. And we appreciate the hell out of all of that support. But additionally, have to do a couple thank yous here because we work with some really badass companies that are doing some really awesome things out in the industry. We want to make sure that we bring them to all of your attention and thank them for partnering with Prepared Mindset. First up, big, big thank you to Custom Night Vision. Guys, their website is customnightvision.com. If you aren't familiar with that, maybe you're more familiar with their former identity, which is kosher surplus. Same guys moving into a completely transparent night vision experience for all of you, for all of their customers. They want to make sure that they give you the best experience and the best opportunity to have a good experience purchasing night vision as is possible on today's marketplace. So whether you are just stepping into night vision, you're looking at as, you know, as budget as you can get while still getting a good level of performance, whatever that means for you, all the way on up to if you are looking for some top line optics, some L3s and white phosphor. They have tons of units in stock. They even have the handpicked options so they can work with you to give you the best tubes that they have available in that housing, whatever that may be, at the time. Again, it can be a PVS-14, which is a single tube. That's where a lot of guys start. That's where I started. They have options in green phosphor and white phosphor. One isn't necessarily better than the other, and they'll tell you that. But it comes down to personal preference, and green phosphor tends to be a little bit cheaper. Josh, my co-host here... Josh runs green phosphor elbit tubes, and he loves his. I had a white phosphor elbit tube in my PVS-14. I have white phosphor elbit tubes now in my 1431s that I got from the team over at Custom Night Vision. Absolutely outstanding. And guys, if you need the rest of the gear, if you want to just drop your whole wad all at once, you want to come out of this whole thing with the complete setup, they stock Team Wendy helmets, both bump and ballistic. They stock Opscore helmets, both bump and ballistic. They have the Wilcox mounts. They have lights. They have the lasers. They are literally your one-stop shop for all things night vision. So you can make one order, have it delivered to you, and you're ready to put it together like some badass Legos. You're ready to rock and roll. Head on over to customnightvision.com and check out everything they have in store for you. Thank you as well to HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, if you're looking for a new plate carrier, if you're looking for a new belt system, look no further, check out HRT Tactical. They were literally a training company, guys with LE experience, contracting experience. They know what's required and the demands that are placed on this equipment. They started, like I said, as training. They are now a top tier nylon company based down in Ohio. I was actually down that way last week for work. And guys, their gear... I love it. They sent me one of their lbat carriers. I've been running that for several months now, and the Tiger's Cumberbund, I was a little bit iffy on it. The whole system just seemed like a little bit over the top to me. I was I was honestly very skeptical when they sent it to me. Once I got it set up, played with it a little bit, make sure it was sized just right. Man, I don't know if I will find a more comfortable Armor system out there on the market. That's their LBAC. They also have a more, you know, a couple more traditional offerings with their rack and their A-track carriers. They have tons of options for placards. It's actually blown away by how many placards that they have. Like their Maximus, that's what I run. They just have a regular triple five five six. They have all kinds of good options, and they really deal with gear, especially for law enforcement. You guys, I cannot urge you enough: head to hrttacticalgear.com. Check out everything they have going on. Thank you to 100 Concepts guys. 100 Concepts is doing like some killer work out there. I gotta be honest with you. The light caps, everybody knows about the light caps. But if you aren't using their scope caps or their Pro scope cap, which just dropped, uh, the, I think beginning of September now. It's been a couple of weeks. You're missing out, seriously. Your lenses, your flashlights, all those things, they reflect. They're glossy surfaces, and reflection is one of the, I believe it's like seven R's or seven principles, something like that, of camouflage, and that is what the team over at 100 aims to address, and they do it at a price point that everybody can afford. It's always really cool when you can pick up a little piece of gear so that makes you just a little bit more capable, a little bit better off, and it doesn't break the bank. All right, the company's motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. These guys are crushing it right now. You can check out their pack scrim, their helmet scrim. They got it in a couple different varieties, all really, really good stuff. light kit and the refills for the chemlights, and Guys, if it's not in stock at 100concepts.com, check out T-Rex Arms and Big Tech's Ordnance. They got picked up with both of those companies. The market absolutely loves what these dudes are doing, and you will too. 100concepts.com. And lastly here, big, big thank you to John and the team at LARP Labs. If you guys are looking into switching up your camouflage for the winter months, head on over to larplabs.com and pick up some winter camouflage. You can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET for just 10% off when you order some of their 3M vinyl wraps. So if you're getting ready to paint your rifle white to match the winter, or I guess it might be white and gray, or white and brown, or gray and brown, whatever matches you know what you're doing, where you live, your biome. Your environment, LARP Labs has vinyl wraps for your EOTech optics, your aim points, Vortex, Hollow Sun, your cloud defensive lights, your streamlight products, uh, Surefire, even, right? They have awesome, awesome. Is Again, it's 3M vinyl wraps, all right? It's not just a sticker, it's not something that's gonna fall off after a couple weeks. This stuff is like rated for three years outdoors. I've gotten mine completely soaked and then dried out and then soaked again and had no issues whatsoever. Very easy to apply, very easy to take off, not going to damage the finish on anything. Again, head on over to larplabs.com and check out their constantly growing catalog of options. Okay, so huge thank you to everybody there. Uh, again, we are officially on YouTube now as well. That is our newest platform. We are migrating our slowly but surely most of our catalog over to YouTube as Google Podcasts is going, apparently it's going bye bye uh, mid 2024. So all of the new episodes and, you know, uh, as we kind of work through things here, moving some of the older episodes over to YouTube as well, but consider heading over to YouTube, giving us some likes, giving us some subscriptions over there. And if you guys are listening to this right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. Those are things that really, really make a big difference for us and, and really, help the podcast get noticed and help us, you know, partner with great companies and do great things that help and assist to bring better content to all of you. So thank you for all of your support. And without any further ado here, I'm going to just cut it up and go straight on over to my discussion with Chance. Here we go. Chance, welcome back, man. How are you? What's up, man? Just another day, man.
1: Yeah, we finally got to meet in person a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could barely see each other, but uh, it was cool that that whole demo that you did at the uh, the HTA event was was sick. And now I'm I'm masterminding in the back of my brain like every day how to how to get a full power laser unit because it was such a fucking uh, well, incredible then you difference.
1: There. Then you weren't there for it. If you're trying to get a full power laser unit, then you weren't there for it because that's a lot of what I like to dispel a lot of the rumors and. A lot of the um, myths around full power lasers.
0: Yeah, but there's like a lightsaber. Uh, it was I, I want one. I know I don't need one. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I just want one.
1: That's true. That's true. I need to actually post. I've had a couple people ask about it. Um, there, uh, I built a almost like a cheap mall. Um, I slaved a Steiner CQBL. I forget the exact model and a uh, Surefire Vampire together. Yeah, it works works so good for most, um, you know, most aos or places where people might find themselves. In fact, the ideal, if I could go back, I would probably, probably actually change it out to the Hollow Sun laser. The Hollow Sun laser and illuminator. The illuminator is is very. uh, It's a very sharp circle, so it doesn't have a lot of flood around it. So if you were to slave it with the Surefire Vampire, it could actually. I'm it does a really good job of being the happy medium. And that's one thing I love about the mall. I love, you know, I love a lot of them, but you know, illumination is more important than a full power laser. The mall does such a good job of bridging the gap of having the laser and then have a mediation of like a hotspot of a, an IR hotspot, but then also has a flood attached to it. And so it does, it so good at what it did. They did a great design, um, you know, designing that device and the, um hollow sun ir laser with the if it if you slave it with a surefire vampire i think it would be pretty awesome pretty good and that's tonight. that's
0: actually what my buddy josh who was there uh at the event with me he actually runs that he got the hollow sun that only has the laser and then he has a uh a surefire vampire light and you the, know, eliminations... do the and
1: illuminator do the laser and illuminator
0: oh okay so paired together i see what you're saying paired pair together
1: laser and illuminator I think it would be a great budget. I think you're looking at maybe 1600 bucks. Did you yeah, see totally the, a lot of people with the, the full power laser? Did you see how far we were showing like the civilian? This I'm quoting the civilian laser. We were, you could see it 600 yards, six, 700 yards. Yeah. But you couldn't see any illumination past 30 to 40 yards if you, you know, if you had to, what's called PID at target. So, anyway, that was really important. Uh, something I like to talk to people about a lot is illumination is. Probably more paramount than the laser, because you could have a civilian laser and it'd be just fine.
0: Yeah. The lightsaber, I mean, course, is cool. Yeah, the, the lightsaber is cool. Uh but yeah, no, I mean it's it's the illuminator hundred percent Like you get a pretty tight hot spot on it. And then that's the problem though, like you just said, is like you get such limited distance out of it. it kind of sucks. But um well it's the same with
1: optics. You could have a you know a uh aim point comp. M five, you know, all these different models, you know, you could have a a great LPVO if you can't see anything out of it. The, the price of the optic and the reticle and all of that, the BDC stuff doesn't do any good. If you can't make out what you're shooting at or you can't understand what you're looking at. So we take for granted illumination. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but the, the, the whole demo, the whole experience was, was outstanding. Like we didn't even, uh originally plan on going to check it out and we ended up wandering over because i didn't get to actually i think who we need to blame is dylan because he was supposed to give me a ride over there and i helped him lug those steel targets out for his night shoot and then he just took me right back to where i was i'm like dude i don't want to walk like the 500 yards back there again now so uh but at, at any rate yeah the demo was sick um but also my buddy steve was with us uh and so my co-host Josh and I have a- actually talked quite a bit on some other episodes about the classes we took. Steve took your class actually on the last day. So he took the I don't even know which I think I just called it vehicle combatives. I don't That's know if that was the actual good, right, title.
1: Yeah, yeah there's yeah. not a really a, a term for what it was because we only had gel for 4 hours each and so the big, the big question was amongst a lot of the instructors and people are attending was, what do we cover in four hours that's beneficial, that's worth your guys' time, that's not just yeah. a, I guess, you know, wasting, wasting the time. So, vehicle combatives would be a, a really good way of putting it.
0: And you said there was a lot into, like... Not even just because I feel like you see the stuff you 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 already get like on Instagram and YouTube, right? You get all the sexy stuff with people porting out windshields and running around the car and screaming at each other and everything. Um, And he actually, I mean, he was excited. The, the, I think he was the last class the weekend, so they actually did. I think to some extent, get to shoot through the windshield. But yeah. First question, I'm like how many cars you guys have here for this? But. Yeah. Uh,
1: we that uh, yeah that last class we kind of we we talked to some of the guys at the Ben Franklin range and you know we said hey is this okay if we do some of this and they said yeah and, but I gave the caveat that this is you know there's very select times that that might happen um certain professions might be more likely to be in that or not be in that so it's always fun just to make sure it's done controlled and it's not wasting time and ammo and so I made sure that they had an understanding of okay if we're going to do this then let's understand exactly what we're doing. So they got to shoot a little bit inside the car.
0: So, and so can you expound on that? I mean, cause I think, and again, this may just be because what you see so much of, right? Because it's the sexy stuff that like draws clicks. It draws eyes and everything is the fighting from inside the vehicle, right? Shooting through windows and things like that. Um, is it, is that less ideal? Then, I mean, I know there's some deviation in those first couple of rounds and things like that, but can you talk about, you know, what goes along with that? Some of the knowledge that probably isn't widely spread that comes with doing those things.
1: I don't think it's like a, a secret, like downloading the matrix type of aha moment. It's actually pretty simple. It's kind of common sense. So the first thing I was telling them, I said, okay, look, you guys are here for a vehicle course, right? Yeah. You guys want to fight around vehicles? Yeah. Okay if this is in all reality, this is a vehicle course, I'm going to teach you how to, if you, what are some things that you would find yourself in? And most of them say, you know, some sort of a riot or civil unrest. And it's like, okay, then what are we going to do? If we have, what are we going to do? You know, let's talk strategically or tactically. What are we going to do? And it was, okay, you're going to drive through them. You're going to back up. You know, that's the yeah. best thing you can do is, you know, drive forward or back up. You don't want to talk about vehicle combatives. Use your vehicle as a means of getting out. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, okay, well, then class dismissed. <laughs> class dismissed. Because as long as we can understand that, ideally, you don't, if you find yourself in that type of situation, you are, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be in that. So that's, a lot of it is around the sexiness of like trying to, yeah, let's draw some clicks by showing all of this in all reality. The, the, There has to be a reason why um you know if i'm teaching something or the people that i've learned from a lot of it is based around you know there has to be some sort of a principle that is taught driving home how the fundamentals of hard skills i think i think instagram is getting too much it drives home instagram does a really good job of driving uh you know soft skills like t- don't get me wrong tactics are really really important but if you th- a debate is What's more important, the ability to shoot or the ability to to move? That's not a good way of putting it because I'm not answering a question. All right. Let me just start from the beginning. So when you're talking about like thinking, what do I do if I'm in and around a vehicle? Drive away. Best thing you can do, drive away. Well, this guy's brandishing a gun. This guy's brandishing a gun. Okay, take your next exit. This guy's brandishing a gun. There's no exit. Yeah, Yeah, this this guy's brandishing a gun. There's no exit. Okay, then slam on your bakes and slow down or uh speed up or something like that the the thing that i have like speed up sure but at the same time if you're going to speed up a lot of times you're going to start drawing yourself up and you know you're going to be ramped up and might be a little excited and i can't speak to everybody's capabilities but if you speed up you're going to be also essentially breaking the law in the sense that you're going to be driving in and around traffic your terrain is different so get away you know drive drive away there's nothing there's nothing cowardice about about that in fact that's actually ideal. So, um, but then, you know, we're in a class and it's like, okay, so now let's talk. What do you do if you can't get out? Bumper to bumper traffic, flash mob, cars in front of you, behind you, or, so, you know, something something along that lines. It's like, okay. Then we went into a lot of, all right, then what do you do? Use your feet to get out. First off, uh, we go over the three principles of control, which is uh, we teach the law enforcement military a lot, which is the first one is going to be dominate the initial space you're in. Whatever space you're in, you have to control it the best you can. So you dominate it and you usually use that by pre-planning what, you, what your gear is, pre-planning your position. Um, this is where a lot of your hard skills come in because during this stage, this is that initial observation of like, oh my gosh, what's in front of me? And if I have to use those hard skills, I have to rely on those. And you know, a lot of it is going to be instinctual. So we shouldn't have to, we don't really want to think back on, okay, man, I should have done this more yeah dominating that initial space is how to process where you're at and so if you're in an once once the vehicle once you've determined that you have to get out of the vehicle you're no longer in a vehicle class you're just in an urban movement class or an urban environment class so any vehicle that is no longer mobile is just that it's either cover or concealment it's terrain and you just have to learn how to use terrain so this is where I talked a lot about how three gun and stuff like that is really, really awesome and important. It's a great skill to have for, uh, for driving home a lot of those hard skills and testing people's capabilities, because you're moving from place to place, assessing targets and making lots of shots in different angles and different body positions, which is essentially what a really good vehicle course is. The only difference is um, the three gun courses, um, IDPA and stuff like that is going to be driving, you're shooting a lot a lot mm-hmm. you know there's always going to be shoot targets what we were doing is trying to give them a some give them a mission of okay you're in Costco or something and you have to get to your car giving them examples of you may not be the one fighting to stop an active shooter or law enforcement is running to you you don't know what's happening um you know there's a lot of different things that could be taking taking effect of desperation good guys who find themselves in desperations can essentially be seemingly bad guys. You know, there's a lot to it, a lot of different things we could get into, but we're not going to. So what I said was, okay, take, and I'm, hey, who are my three gun guys? My competition shooters. And then just saying, okay, all we're going to be doing is you may be coming around driving to a place, um, you know, driving to a place of cover and concealment, and there's going to be targets around you. But what are we supposed to do? So the first thing is dominate. The next one is going to be assessing. So you assess where you're at. What um, What's the best option of where you want to go? And then acting on it. So dominate, assess, and act. And it's a continual perpetual circle or cycle through those three. So if I've dominated an initial space that I'm in, um, whether it's, um, outside of a pillar or I want to move across the street, military guys, like if I'm going to do like a, a, if I want to cross a linear danger area or something, or if I'm going to do some sort of movement, I have to establish myself there finding a place that I can, I can, I can control that. So therefore I can make a better decision and then assess where's the best place to go, communicate it communicate to if I'm with my family or something communicate hey this is what we're going to do vocalize it say hey we're moving to that yellow car um, we're moving to the you know moving to that car and then okay is everybody ready okay now we move so then we move to that yellow car and then once we get there say okay now we're going to be moving to this car or to this or hey we're close enough i need you to um you're going to be driving or something. that's part of what we were going over in that class
0: so yeah. does that get, does that get into, you know, uh, which parts of the vehicle are most advantageous for, like you said, cover versus concealment. I mean, I mean, if you're crouched behind a vehicle, that's a, a, we, layer did a of concealment. Yeah,
1: we did a little bit. Um, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard to understand that. I know a lot of people get, um, hyped into, you know, stacking pillars and stuff like that, which is important. But the thing is, is then I, I don't want to have people take false cover in stacking pillars because, we're i'm trying to teach them so they're hard skills this was not a hard skills class like we're driving home hard skills meaning the ability to shoot from different positions and understanding your mechanics of your firearm your ammunition your holster but at the end of the day i had four hours so i'm trying to give them an example of saying here's how you can take this home go join leagues take some um, cqb courses if you want go take competition shooting courses but these are the questions that you should be asking when you are learning these skills. And so that's where the the dominate assess and act come from. You're going to move to this space. Okay. So I a, a good example of this. I'm try I was trying to tell them like hey, think outside the box because they were running the drill, most almost every class did this. They're running the drill where it's called a serpentine. They're going um to one barrel then back to another, then up to a barrel, then back to another, and then to yeah. the car.
0: Yeah.
1: And it got to a point where we're saying, okay, now we're doing what's called gaming the house or they understand what the range is. And so they just are doing, they're moving for the sake of moving. And I'm saying, okay, now let's back this up and let's apply the real world situation. Let's think of when we leave this cover, where are we going? It's the last place of cover before we get to the car. So let's think about roles and responsibilities we could be tasking out here. So that way it allows us to be a little bit more effective. And they were like, okay, like who's going to be the driver? Where are the keys at? Have you prepped the keys? What's the best way to e- enter the car? So, I mean, because a lot of times there might be a parking lot and you're going to be running to that car and not realize that from the time that you left your car, somebody has parked really close to your car. And so you're, all of a sudden you're left out in the open and a little bit of pre-planning of, Hey, we're going to, um, you've got the keys. You're going to be the driver. We're going to get in through the, you know, the front passenger side, you know, that kind of stuff yeah a place to do that would be you've came to a spot you're saying hey this is our last point of thing and then this is how you dominate that space we're assessing like hey this is the ter- the place we're going to go here's the problems we have here's a solution hey let's pop the back or let's auto start this let's get this stuff going and it eliminates that time it's just simple stuff like that that i wanted to help people see and maybe think outside the box a little bit. I mean, I only had them for four hours yeah. and I don't want it to, I didn't want to have them come and just think, Hey, we're going to be shooting in and around vehicles because it's easy and it's fun. But at the end of the day, if you were to say, when would you use this? Or like, well, when I'm fighting around a car and I'm like, okay, yes, but I have you for four hours. I'm trying to teach you how to survive, which is going to be to probably most likely run away. And Because as 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 armed civilians,
0: that's really our job is just safely escape. That's that's kind of where we get the line drawn. And if
1: if it's going to be anything else, it's going to be how do you urban terrain? How do you use you know how do you use a barricade? How do you use um, how do you come up and stabilize your shot using some sort of um, some sort of terrain to to make that shot? How do you make how do you do accurate shots? How do you do fast accurate shots from distance? You know that kind of stuff that. I was really trying to drive home with saying, do you see how these hard skills pay off rather than just on a flat range? Yeah. Okay. Do Mm -hmm. you see how you guys have been doing A and B because that's what everybody else is doing, but in all reality, and I don't know if it was your friend's class or not, but there was a class that they just said when they went down to, they they serpentine, there were four barrels and then um, to the car, they got to that second barrel and they assessed, they looked over and they're like, hey, we're parallel with the car. And they just said, Hey, you drive. Do you have the keys? Yep. I got the keys. Okay. And then they just, you know, gave the moving move and he covered him while he got into the car. Then he ran around so that, and essentially they skipped the other serpentine. And I'm like, look, I can't be mad at you because you guys, that's exactly what we're trying to drive home is just think outside the box. You've got the exact principles I was trying to figure out and do. It's like, it didn't matter if you guys were shooting or not. What mattered was, is that you're understanding, in order to uh, in order to be in an urban environment, things are going to change a lot, and I think especially depending on when there's airs, I think we've all kind of had a lot of gut check in the last week. Of uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, my phone's blown up with some with a lot of these connections that I've got and some stuff that I'm still plugged into. That you know we still need to be readily available, not hyper vigilant, but just keep doing what we're doing. But at the same it's, time, it's a little it's a bit realistic... more realistic. Yeah, yeah, I mean it could
0: happen, and that's that's where I think stuff like this really begins to to show its worth to people. I think you're saying it's not it, it's fundamentals, but what I where I think people miss the mark when they say it's just fundamentals is it's like yes, that's true, that's where you classify those skills, but like then there's there's also the discussion I think right of your proficiency with those fundamentals. I think that there's a big difference that people skip on between knowing fundamental skills and being proficient with fundamental skills. And like, to me, and I I don't want to like dog out my buddy, but I know Steve, I love Steve. He's a great guy. But I know like when you guys were talking about like just administrative positions to put the firearm to like move around the vehicle, things like I assume <laughs> I, I, you know where I'm going with this too. I there assume you know. guys were probably talking about some kind of, or some variation of like temple indexing, just something to get the gun, the muzzle in a safe position to move around people in a vehicle. And I mean, I'll, I guess I'll let you talk a little bit about it, but I know there was a joke about Charlie's angels being made. And as soon as he said it, my mind went straight to the silhouette from the original show from the seventies. And I'm like, Oh, this was like out in front of your face instead of up by your head. Um, Well,
1: (laughs) So um, the only time like, Mm -hmm. so what you're referring to is your buddy was Charlie's angels, meaning it was, it was muzzled up right in front of his face. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And he was doing that with nobody else around. Yeah. So I say temple index, temple index has has definitely has a place for it. Um, and it's usually around when you're working really, really close proximities with people in a stack. Um, if you are, if you are hyper aware or hyper vigilant of stuff happening around you and you're moving through urban terrain, you know what, I'm really not as focused or as worried about my muzzle. If what in front of me has lots of unknown, th- of unknown um, I'll just say unknowns. Mm-hmm. I I don't care if my muzzle is pointing down range even if there's people who are potentially civilians or un or innocents, because I'm not sure who is who and who is, I'm not sure who has malintent and I want the ability to, um, to react as such. And so running and moving in and around with a pistol, um, yeah, temple index has a place in it. Again, it just usually is a inner use, uh, moving in and around someone with a st- in a stack because, um, I want to be able if they go down, I can come over the top. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff, and I know that this is going to be audio only, but Temple Index does have a place. Um, I think it gets overutilized enough. I was seeing it last week when I was doing a vehicle course down um, south of me. Um, some people have utilized a program, and they were temple indexing everywhere, and it looks it looks as stupid as it it kind of feels yeah. because it's not it's not the best way of going around all of it. It's just kind of like a blanketed hey, do this. Because you're working around a car, so you need a temple index. And I'm like that. That doesn't make sense. That's not. That's not driving home the principles of what it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, sometimes so, it might make sense, right? But it doesn't well, no, it does do make that. sense.
1: There are times when it does make sense. Yeah, but it, it's it's being like I think you were talking about it earlier. There's so much out there around this stuff, and one of the things I like to kind of drive home is like, okay, um, why why if I'm sprinting. 25 yards why am i sprinting with my gun at temple index i'm like excuse my uh excuse my i guess my it's not vulgar i guess just my bluntness but does it look retarded do you feel retarded yeah well that's because it it kind of looks retarded yeah it's not very practical right and so um another thing i was talking about like if you're having to sprint and if you're in plain clothes and you're sprinting to someplace, what's the best thing best thing you could do is not draw attention from outside influences because of a lot of vigilantism and a lot of you don't want to draw attention to yourself meaning um if i'm going to be sprinting someplace or if i'm moving sometimes i'm going to be reholstering and having my hand on the gun with my gun uh with my shirt over my hand uh over my over my gun right because i don't i want to blend in but at the same time if i am you know, just going 10 to 15, 20 yards. Yeah, I'm going to be running, but I'm going to be running just like I normally do. I can have and run with a gun and be fully muzzle aware of where my muzzle is pointed because it's not pointing at me. It's not pointing at people I care about. So you know what? I'm okay. I'm yeah, just...
0: like, I only bring it up. And it's again, it's not to dog, dog him out. It's I, to me, honestly, it's to, to acknowledge like, Again, if you're not proficient with these things, it's just one of those things that you, you think about it, right? Like, oh, it's just an index position. It doesn't well, make a difference. What, I,
1: what, I, it what I like that it drove home, what I like that it drove home is that when I, uh, when, a lot of times, I don't know if you, if you've heard this or people have heard it, that whenever you become in an uncomfortable situation, you will probably fall to the level of your training rather than rise to the occasion. Exactly. So I was putting them through a little bit of stress inoculation. Like I wasn't even timing them. I wasn't doing shot timers or anything, just doing moving and communication and shooting in um, more than just a straight line direction, which was, you know, new to a lot of the people who had attended. And just from that, they were reverting back, your friend included, and I'm not dogging him, man. He was a great student and I thoroughly enjoyed his company. I enjoyed his, um, his attention and stuff like that. But I continually had to, that was the joke that you're referring to we had, is he was Charlie's Angels because I've told him a couple times, like, stop doing that. There's better ways. And I showed him how to do it. But his mind was falling to the level of what he's comfortable with, which was in his mind, he had crisis rehearsed a bunch of times in his head. This is how I'm going to do it. So he's doing it, even though he's in an environment that's controlled and trying to teach him a different way. He's doing that. Now, take that and put that into the real world, something really bad. Shots are being fired. People are dropping something, you know, your worst case, you know, people's worst case scenario, you know, you want to talk about reverting to whatever training or hard skills you have. That's where you have to develop those hard skills
0: first. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot, I mean, and I experienced it firsthand in the class I was in and we weren't even shooting. I was doing a CQB class, but when you're learning, you're, you're being exposed to so much new information on top of being put into situations, like you said, where there's like, for you guys, it was artificial stress, but for me, it was just, you know, information overload. You just get to a point where you have to think about so many different things that you're new to it and you fall to that, like you said, you know, the lowest level of preparation or lowest level of training. And when somebody says, hey, pick the gun back up, you don't even realize that you let that go until somebody points it back out because you're thinking about where am i standing where am i going next where did i come from what's about to happen you know all of these things do i have somebody with me do i not and, and that's the importance of of hammering home all of this stuff and it's it's the things that people i i think cuz you know i mean i don't know i don't i mean people that use it like like you like they work on those things there's a reason why you're teaching it because you know that there's the value that comes with it right I think it's it's missed a lot.
1: Well, and and again, like another hard skilled thing that I was trying to drive home is running to cover, running to concealment. There's a lot of times we get out in front. And so I was continually, continually seeing it where, okay, if you know, so the whole assess part, remember dominate, assess, Mm -hmm. dominate, assess, and act. I'm assessing what the distance is, what variables, what, what things are in between me and where I want to go. And, a lot of times in my head i will um i'll i'll calculate the instant distance like hey that's 20 meters or hey that's um that's only 10 you know that's only 10 feet or hey i can move to there and a lot of that is going to be As I'm moving to it, I'm automatically addressing what is now in front of me because now I've moved from the dominate, I've assessed it, now I'm acting on it. And as I'm getting there, I need to reestablish myself up to the top, which is that dominate portion. So I have to re-dominate the space I'm in. And part of what I'm doing is my eyes are up looking for new targets, looking for new threats, looking for new obstacles that might be in my way. And if we're not careful or we haven't really drove in those hard skills of shooting and moving a -hmm. lot of times what we see is people are overextending themselves instead of almost breaking, like getting their feet out in front of them and breaking themselves in a way that they're able to have a good shooting platform before they're even there just in case they need to. So while I'm there, you know, the first, you know, I mean, the let's see, three to five yards before I get to the where I'm at, I'm already being able to be in a shooting platform that I could be addressing a threat or not addressing a threat because a lot of times it might be not addressing a threat or a no-shoot target. So making sure I have that capability because, man, a lot of times when three-gun guys, I love teaching three-gun guys um, with a lot of this because whenever you start giving them no shoot targets and i know they have like brown and ipsic targets and stuff like that but i'm talking they'll they'll come in and they just start blazing targets and we're like hey man that wasn't a shoot that was a no shoot target (laughs) you know because they run and they see a target like boom 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 you know two rounds each and so it's a it was just it was a really good i I had a really good time in four hours i was pretty surprised and pretty happy with a lot of the takeaways that we got from everybody and you know, I hope they felt the same way because a lot of it just drove home. Hey, here's why you need to go get those hard skills, drive home those hard skills and and then this is how you can apply a few principles, take this home and then apply those principles if you ever need them.
0: I mean, so how long is that class normally? Like if you were to, I know you mentioned you taught one, I think you said last weekend or, or last week or something. When you guys, when you do vehicle instruction, now, obviously, in the law enforcement application, there's probably going to be, I'm going to venture to take a crazy guess here and assume that there's more involved. <laughs> uh, yeah. What does that if usually look good. like from a time perspective?
1: If I could, I know this sounds crazy, and, I, and I've learned this. I thought I was going to come into the civilian industry and be like, hey, you know what? We've got a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of fun vehicle courses. And I know I'm going to probably catch some flack for this. But in all reality, this is, it's the best. It's There's nothing better than I could tell you right now is, the best way to go practice vehicle courses and stuff for civilians is going go th- go to go um, go to your competition shooting stuff. You're shooting on the move using barriers and shooting from different angles and different positions. You get really good at that. You come to a, v- a normal civilian vehicle course. That's all it is. We just maybe give you – we're going to start doing some different scenarios. That's it. My dream, actually, that now that I've been doing a lot more civilian stuff, I think it would be fun to go to our local stuff and actually – um instead of doing walls and stuff actually start giving people like scenarios and you know giving them missions that they have to go through and we time that of some way i don't know it's just it's just a different aspect that i was thinking hey it could be fun but in all reality the hard skills that you learn on three core three gun courses and stuff it, you can't replace it you can't yeah. replace it no it, and- it, it, it already it well it does all the good things that good training is supposed to do good training is repeatable um good training is trackable, it's adaptable. So it, and it's repeatable so that you can go and you could find how good you are right then instantaneously, how good you are and how much you stack up. Because not only that you track your misses, track your time, you can track and see how you do against other people. And, but then at the same time, those hard skills, they might be doing this just solely for competition while you, what you're doing is driving home um you know these tactical hard skills that could be applied in the real world as long as you understand how to apply them in a real world scenario because that's the thing that it's hard to stress with three gun guys is uh, and i'm not saying all of them and again i'm not saying all of them i'm just saying like when i have them in my classes and a lot of cops go and shoot competition and you know it shows man they are usually more prepared and more more proficient than sure. who don't but they are oftentimes will over, overstep overdo, over rush because, Hey, we got to dial this back because now we're bringing in a legal use of force scenario to this. And we have to understand like, Hey, those hard skills, can you have to dial it back a couple, a couple meters or a couple um, ticks in order to understand the real world application of um, maybe a real world application of this. And I like so,
0: the, the, like the relativity that you apply to the situation, um, just the explanation of the repeatability piece and everything, because it's it's always funny to me—not not funny, but uh, you see yeah. videos and stuff of like <clears throat> it's not haha funny. It's like kind of it's almost awkward funny because you see like guys will pay I don't know thousands of dollars to go take like these big name vehicle courses and stuff, and it, and that's that's cool. Like you you should totally go take training and stuff, and I'm sure a lot of those people have good information to offer. But I always found it a little bit weird. Because you'll, like, be taking classes with, and everyone's running a full-size gun, which I know is not always going to be the case. You're leaning over each other to earn your shot, which makes sense from a safety perspective. But, like, I don't know if I was actually in that scenario we talked about earlier. Like, my wife's in the car. I'm not going to, like, you know, bang her head off the freaking dashboard to, like, lean out and start laying down rounds or anything. I'm probably just going to drive away. And I'm definitely, and this is just me personally because I live in a suburban area, I am never... Exiting my vehicle to haul ass to the trunk to you know get my fucking you know carbine out and start stacking rounds on guys. Like,
1: did your buddy tell you about that?
0: No, he actually didn't. I'm just telling you what I've seen online, and I'm like, it's cool looking, and I want to do it because it looks fun as shit. But I don't know that I would ever actually like real world do that unless we're talking like, I mean, you can theoretically all you want, yeah, end of the world type shit. (laughs) So Austin,
1: this is why I love talking to you. This is why I will forever, no matter what, have an open line whenever you and I talk is because oh, I, think man. Did, I think you bring, I think you bring one of the most level-headed approaches to this that understands exactly who you are. You don't ever act like somebody that you're not, you're not trying to be somebody else. And I think that's why you have a lot of respect, a lot of, from some of the guys in the industry that I know. So, and this is why I bring this up. I talk about that. I talked about that in that four-hour class, you know, because a lot of guys brought their rifles and their kits and stuff, and I, and a lot of them like, you are not going to use them, and you're not going to use your kit, and this is why. If I the situations, can you guys give me one situation where you guys will fight to your rifle, or whatever? And they usually say like end of the world stuff or a mass oh, yeah. riot. And stuff. I'm like, okay, so so a civil unrest position, you're going to fight to with your rifle and your kit and stuff like that, right? Now, what do you have to do because you can't get back in your car because you're fighting to that. If you didn't have to, you would have driven off. So now you fought to it. And now you're telling me that you're going to be in an urban environment, in a chaotic environment with civil unrest, wearing full kit and a rifle. Now you have to be accountable for all of that. And we'll be aware that there's probably a high presence of law enforcement that you don't know. You aren't aware of what their skills and training are. And now you have to exfil or get some sort of get out of there some way, shape or form because your car is back someplace else. Mm
0: -hmm. And you're
1: doing Why? With a full kit? No, I'm telling you the best thing you can do is be as low profile as you can. So this is why I would recommend carrying a gun with an extra mag. And then if I really have to get out, I grab something, some sort of a low profile bag that I have extra magazines and some some kits and some water and stuff like that. So that way, if I really have to hold up somewhere for a couple hours, yeah, because I'm going to have an adrenaline dump. If I do something and if I've got to hold up in some sort of an alley or something for a couple hours, because, dude, when we have those riots in 2020, man, it was it was dicey. You know, if you were caught in the middle of that and you just held up somewhere, it could be dicey. Yeah, you need some water and stuff. So, OK, there you go. But that was one of the things at the very end of your buddy's class. I'm like, OK, guys, you guys are doing good or do you guys want to do some of it? Sure. So we ran through some of it. Yeah. Um, it was all, a lot of the hey, but now do you guys see why this is kind of impractical? Because if I have them in my car and if I can't get to them, what have I now given up? To At the mercy of whatever crowd or whatever whatever force is there, I've now given up a very precious rifle that I probably put a lot of time and effort in, and I've given up potentially body armor and all the assets and things on my body armor, because now if they come through and they start looting, I've given all that up. So this is where I'm not ever saying, especially in this day and age, a truck gun is not important. That's not what I'm saying. Just make sure you're aware of limitations. And this is where, again, the whole dominating the space that I was talking about, a lot of that is pre-planning. A lot of that is pre-planning. Meaning if I start seeing or start hearing about a lot of stuff, like I can tell you this, I imagine a lot of, here's an example. I imagine last Friday, a lot of people were probably staying away from some highly populated areas due to some Mm -hmm. of the the stuff that was kind of like rumored to be happening, right?
0: Yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. Okay, that's it.
1: drives home my point. Pre-planning, you shouldn't be able to find yourself in that. If you you have found yourself there in that type of situation where people say, you know, mass riots or something like that, then you might have probably been looking for trouble or maybe have found yourself that, hey, um, this isn't where I want to be. Well, flash mobs are becoming a thing. Okay, well, you know what? You can't have an answer for everything, but this is why. I don't teach a lot of the whole fighting to your rifle fighting to you no, for law Good. enforcement and such, I might, but I right, even right. Actually have something that I, I I tell them we need to stop thinking like that because there's a lot of limitations. We um, provide ourselves with that, but I won't talk about that here.
0: Now, I was just going to to bring that up because I know a lot of guys and I have one of these, one of my buddies in my training group that got very annoyed early on because we were working a lot of handgun, like outside the waistband stuff. And we, we still like, just hey let's work on handgun let's work on you know all that and he said well i'm not going to use my handgun I go, what do you mean he's like i am only using my handgun to fight to my fucking rifle now he's also a marine so give him like a break you know crayons and all that but and he's a great dude uh and i certainly appreciate where he comes from but then when you look at it from the context of what we're talking about here as civilians and practical application and and, and again you're it's not no, saying it it, I'm not saying it. it like that. We're not going to need a rifle, but like it. it is a it is a self-defeating ideology, I guess is probably the term I'll use to say that I will only use my handgun to fight to my rifle. So for some reason, I shouldn't be I would almost say you should be more proficient with your handgun. It's harder to shoot. You carry it way more fucking often and you're just you're more likely to deploy that than any than anything else that you own. It's so- just it's reality
1: you're isolating your ideas and you're training to one environment. And I'll put it this way. So early on in my career, I I definitely was, at, I mean, I still am like, if I can, my rifle is going to be the most ideal. But as I started doing and being involved in a little bit more higher fruit um, in the tree, like our target packages and stuff like that were a lot more high profile. I found myself in a lot more plain clothes, um, plain clothes environments. So It wasn't ideal and it wasn't even optimal because I had to. I found that the best thing for me to do would be to blend in. I mean, there's a lot of that that I think maybe gets overlooked. And I I blame Instagram just because Instagram is so easy to blame. But I also blame a lot of the tactical community of like a lot, like having an understanding and teaching the whole why we do it. I call it like a practical CCW here at our training facility. Um, down here in Kansas city, we do a lot of, a lot of our CQB stuff is based a lot of on practical CCW, meaning, Hey, you should be able to learn how to move, learn how to communicate, learn how to assess doorways and stuff like that. But, you know, do it in a way that's not just, Hey, we're going to storm a compound and, you know, and, uh, assault the target package, but Hey, I need to know how to get through a building rapidly because I'm trying to get my family from a to D and I've got to do that and cross a lot of potential danger areas. And an example I give is my family and I had an example, uh, had a situation in Costco where we're sitting there in Costco and all of a sudden, um, I know some of the cops that ran in and I see one of my buddies in there and he's on duty in uniform and his rifles at the high ready. And I'm like, Oh dude. And I was like, are you good? And he's like, no, get out. And I was like, Roger that. Hey, dude, so I okay. had to get my Right. I had to get my family from, you know, where we were out. But there was, you know, there was a lot of space in between there. And so luckily my wife and I, you know, we crisis rehearsal some of that, but there, it changed the game of how we had to do. I had to cross, you know, potential danger threats because I didn't know what they were doing. All I knew is that they were there looking for something or someone, and now they're looking for him, so they can't protect me. So I've got to protect me. More importantly, I have to protect my family. And so... Um, and there's ways of doing that where if they're looking for somebody, I didn't want to stand out to where if I drew my gun and I start going so you know, to the untra- or to the unsuspecting officer, they see somebody in plain clothes with a gun and some and a family right next to them. What might they be thinking?
0: That I mean hostage taker, hostage, uh, right. Yeah, right? Any- so no
1: matter so, no matter so, this is where I'm saying like a lot of this is drawn around like hey, I'm gonna fight to my rifle in all reality. A lot of it is operating inside of a urban environment is a lot more different than just the theatrics of on a range in and around a vehicle. There's a lot more thought into that. And that's yeah. what I try to bring home to them. In fact, with SWAT teams and stuff. Now I try, I really try and drive home, that if you have to be in uniform, if you're if you're acting in uniform, maybe bring some change of clothes or a cover if you can, just in case you need to do some. You have that capability to offer for some sort of a sl- surveillance or plain clothes um, stuff. You know, you might be needing a uniform for some sort of a warrant service in the morning, but then you could be asked to jump in with the drug task force or something like that in the afternoon. Well, it'd be nice if you have some flannel or something like that in your back seat. And we were, util- and once we started changing that, man, we were having more bodies like more people available that we could use and help to be plugged in at different places. And so it helped out a lot. Yeah.
0: So. Which I mean, it used to be, a, which it, it, it used to be a very big deal in like, it, we'll go back to Instagram, the whole gray man concept. It, for whatever reason, it kind of burnt out pretty quickly, probably because there's not a lot of flashy depth to it that can generate no Clips, man no things, dude, someone
1: but... farts and something changes like the recce rifle or the sling or something like that new trend comes out that people want to take you know fight to the grave for And it. it's like okay no it, it's like
0: hey i like that hashtag i like those pictures it's of like that that's that feeds a lot of my day
1: yeah i don't get it but at the same time i kind of get it but at the same time no i really don't get it
0: no and it's but it's yeah it's it, it, it's it makes it more difficult, you know, the the consumption of information, which we're very good at consuming. Um, and cool. You can learn you can learn a ton from social media, but if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's where the danger comes in with a lot of this stuff. And like we're just talking about the the whole fighting around vehicles thing. You get this misconception of everything you need. And then before you know it, like because I've thought about it, I've thought about loading up my vehicle with the stuff like you know, you see some of these guys that make long form videos, and it's not to knock on anyone, but like, I have a toolbox in the back of my car. It doesn't hold any tools. It's got a marine grade fire extinguisher, something that's going to be able to address, you know, water, chemicals, and electrical stuff. I've got road flares. I've got two extra pairs of wool socks. I've got extra drawers in there because shit happens, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I got extra t teach- you know what I mean, like, I don't have like a long gun and six loaded mags and two, you know, charged Baofeng radios and a deployable low profile carry. Like, I mean, yeah, I could go spend eight grand on all of that. And, sweet i just do makes sense
1: i i think uh i was talking about this with someone before um actually not too long ago and understand like i i get my limitations but i the guy that i was speaking about this was very much a war fighter he's been he's done some stuff in faraway lands that you know nobody really like you know he'll never talk about but when he and I were talking and assessing a lot of this, because we, we enjoy teaching civilians, we really do. I think it's it's needed. I think we were blessed, we are blessed to have platforms to reach out and to talk with people to teach and, and instruct and kind of pass on some of these things. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna say this, but you gotta understand, like I'm not meaning anything offensive to other people. And if they take offense to it, then you know what? I can't deal with it. I, I have nothing to offer them except if this is true to them. Then truth hurts, man. We like to fantasize about the battle, but we don't understand the we don't understand the uh, the 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 logistics and the the actual things that go into war. Meaning, yeah. a lot of times we like to fantasize about what's going to happen. In that you know certain instances, like we prepare for battle, but we're not ready for a war. And I think our our culture is very much like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, we're ready for this. We're and like, man, it violence is nasty
0: yeah i I had a i had a buddy buddy stop me uh was a couple years ago now like me and one of my my good friends were driving up to his cabin we were gonna do some land nav stuff and everything and i don't even know like we walked in we weren't even in the door 10 minutes man that's how like can oh you know i think maybe like he's let his shirt tucked in behind his uh appendix holster or something so you saw his gun and for like one of the first things i was about you know i was thinking about you guys when i was driving up here and you, know, you guys carry these guns and everything. And, you know, there's there's gotta be like just a small piece of you that wants to shoot somebody. You know, I mean I'm not saying like you want to go kill someone, but like you have that stuff. You you wanna go shoot someone. And I remember I was so because he's a really good friend and he's a great dude. And I almost understood where he was coming from, but I like I was like, dude, no. Are you kidding? That's like my worst fear. It's not something I wanna do. Do you know yeah. any all the things that come with like I can't even imagine? But do you know, like the shitstorm that follows up ever, even just drawing a firearm, let alone using it? Yeah. Without anybody, that's there are definitely those people. Like, yeah, you know who well, I'm talking about. Well, but.
1: I'll tell you this. Um, so this is this is actually what started that conversation with with this guy. Was um, we basically got around to you know the 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 ability to pull the trigger on on, on another living being on another human being and we're not going to get into like the psyche of all of this but where it came yeah, from there's a was, lot there yeah yeah that's it's a pretty heavy topic but um you know he was very much like i have no problem doing it and i've done it a lot and i would do it again because we were talking about israel you know and the hamas terrorists and stuff like that yeah yeah and um and he's like i do it again and i sleep i sleep well but understand that to where he's at is not where most people are. The ability of where he's gone, the, the decades that he's put into refining and being who he is, he is the true definition of a humble professional. And I, I consider him a dear friend, and I'm very grateful to know him. But what was interesting is um, I don't have nearly the time um, doing professional work like he does But my mind is different because I've had to. My mindset has been prepared around protecting life. Like his mission was to go and kill terrorists, kill kill target packages, and his ROEs were um, rules of engagement were completely different than ours. And you know, I've been in some pretty violent situations, and I slept just fine. But the preparation that went into it also goes into that whole dominate that space. Remember the dominate, assess, and act. Yeah part of that dominating that space is the mental preparations. You have to be mentally ready for what is going to come because once it happens, you can't take it back. That's what's, when people are talking to you, like, man, don't you just wish you, you know, you probably fantasize about that. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because one, I can tell you that there's dudes, there's people not on this earth anymore today that I don't have any qualms that they, that they're not here with us anymore. Right. But at the same time, my mission was not to go and find them and kill them. My mission was to go and protect human life by serving and bringing justice to whatever case that we were on. And I had to be able to react to whatever um, whatever they were doing to us, and we were only authorized to act with deadly force if it was to protect the life of ourselves or others, meaning we had there, it's, it's a very, very hard thing to, to try and explain to people. Like you have to go to that very fraction of a second, because once you cross that line, you can never get it back. You can't go back. You have to be able to own whatever decisions you make. And I'm not saying that this guy, my friend didn't have that. It's just, when you're up at that level that he's at, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into what they're doing. And it's a very different operate um, area of operation from law enforcement to what they were doing. But the yeah. whole point what you and I were talking about was being able to take someone's life. And a lot of it was, I finally realized like, yeah, I, I sleep really well. I don't, I don't have nightmares about that. I don't. And I'm not saying like I glorify it. Nobody should glorify it, but I know what we did and how much we prepared for those moments. And I'm very proud of what we, how we prepared for it. So that means that we were ready for it. Because you are exactly correct, Austin, is that what came afterwards was a lot of heartache, headache, and a lot of uncertainty because then all of the official stuff comes in and saying, okay, now we need to make sure was that justified or not, which was it's 100% needed, especially for us. And and what we do, you have to have that oversight to make sure that did we do everything by the book because we're talking about American lives and that's sacred, very, very sacred. That's one of the best things that makes a true good law enforcement officer who they are is they understand the sacredness that the American citizens give us is that, okay, we will go out and do the dirty work, meaning go out and run around with the filth that is society. And we'll go home and get penny pennies on the dollar to do it. But at the same time, man, it's so much fun and we love it. But I think you have to be mentally prepared.
0: And that's where I think people don't always get it. You know, it's the, I talk about the, like the accountability piece, you know, and it was something that was like taught to me in a couple of classes for concealed carry and things like that. You're accountable. And I think the instructor actually said it like two, three times, you're accountable for every round you put down range. And that's not to say like, I mean, if you take a life or intentionally take a life or not, you are responsible. You pulled the trigger. I think when people, plan for a lot of this stuff they uh, you know we use the word fantasize about a lot of this stuff you're thinking like video game mindset where that round stops when it hits that wall it doesn't matter that you missed that target other than just you missed you know what i mean there's so much else that comes with it well and i'll tell
1: you this on all the critical instances that i was a part of um it's it still changed me even though i'm saying i i slept you know i didn't lose any sleep over and i don't have nightmares you gotta understand like it still changed me Of course. It still changes you. Um, like I can still see some of that stuff and it still changes you. But at the end of the day, um, like that, what you're just saying about the, the round accountability thing. And we teach that to, we teach that to brand new recruits day one in the academy, you know, and then it's, we're still taught that, you know, forever, but we just up it saying, Hey, not only are you accountable for every round, you have to be accountable for every round. And accountable for all of the actions that have led up to that and you have to be accountable for how you're done how everything is conducted after that and you have to be accountable for everybody else around you how they act because there is a and there's just too many examples to prove of like just the accountability of the round as they get as you continue on that accountability gets more and great uh the accountability it applies more and more across uh those around you than just pulling the trigger because everything is analyzed they're going to take a look at your body cam footage your dash cam footage leading up to that what were you doing how were you doing this and so if you're not doing things right or in a professional manner it doesn't matter if it was right or wrong you can be held accountable for that because of something you know it's just something that whatever attorney defense attorneys want to do and so if people want to you know, fantasize this stuff. Like, man, do you even know how to articulate what your, what your actions are? And that was, what was interesting. I, I don't think I did it with your guys, with your buddy's class, because I think I got a, w- oh, and don't, don't hold me to it. I ended both. I know I ended most classes and I think I ended your guys at your buddy's class this way. Once they started really moving and getting the movements and the shooting and the accuracy and, you know, moving to the target or getting out of the target and moving away from it, then I started asking them questions about like, okay, what was your first target that you shot? How many how many rounds did you shoot? What was the next target that you engaged and what angle was it? And then I go to your buddy saying, hey, when did your buddy start engaging their first target? When were you aware that they were shooting? And I started quizzing them and basically giving them a field interrogation might what they might encounter if they have to shoot or they have to use their weapon on the streets. And it was amazing to watch people start just look at you kind of stare blankly like, man, I'm not sure. it's like, okay. And again, the whole point of this is like, do you see how important it is to understand what that accountability is? And so, um, you know, driving home that ability, the ability to that's, to me, that's a hard skill. Going and shooting and um, being shots on accuracy, um, quick shots with accuracy, but then being able to articulate what you did and account the, be able to speak back in plain language what you did, because nobody gives a crap of like, man, I drew my, I drew my weapon. Uh, I drew my Glock 17 with my surefire light and did the, and it's like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. What we care about is why, what did you observe that caused you to do that? The Why? You-
0: yeah what was the stimulus that that led you to make that cor- like that decision for that course of action versus and the big else? thing
1: oh, and here's the other thing I really try and strive home with my civilian classes. if you're in any 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 sort of use of force situation and you're getting asked you're getting questioned by the police, then first thing you should be telling them is this, I'm going to one hundred percent fully cooperate, but I would like to speak to my attorney. I'd like to have my attorney present. yeah, and what you've done is you've declared that you are going to cooperate like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to be a jerk or I'm not going to be a a D bag to you. I will cooperate for this investigation, but I would like my attorney present for all um, for all questioning. And then what you're going to do is you will probably depending on the situation and the use of force, you will probably be arrested or at least um, detained, um, have some sort of detainment for for a little bit, you know, depending on what kind of use of force you were done, because an investigation has to be conducted. But right. that allows you to have that legal representation that you don't self-incriminate because a lot of the fantas- the people will fantasize stuff. You know, with you and me, you know, off of this, we fantasize about stuff. If you articulate things a certain way, that can look really bad on a police report. So there has to be a matter-of-fact way of conducting or articulating what you've done. And so an attorney will help you with that. So how many people have... How many people know someone that uh, know an attorney that they can call if they end up getting in a use of force that they can call within and be there within an hour or two hours? So
0: you guys can't see it, but I'm raising my hand because I pay for USCCA insurance. They're not a sponsor, but like the fact that it exists, you guys, people should utilize that shit. It's it's worth it. And if you carry a firearm, in my mind, for the protection that that brings you and the legal help, it's worth it. Even if it doesn't have to be, and here's one it doesn't have to be if you draw and discharge your firearm. I've actually been told by the guy that uh, re upped my CCW, they had somebody in the next like, there's like two towns over, got the cops called for brandishing because when he was pumping gas, his shirt rode up. You could see he was carrying, you know, strong side, whatever. And some lady freaked out, called the cops. He apparently matched the description of somebody else they were looking for and this guy got into a situation about brandishing whether it is or whether it isn't but there's legal costs covered by all that and if you look at to good you know carry uh, insurance it's worth its weight in gold when it does what it needs to do mm-hmm. so yeah so i know we're kind of uh pushing the end of time here and everything man i it's always great catching up with you honestly <laughs> I, I know what you were on earlier this year i th- honestly it's been like 6 or 7 months since you were on and all kinds of shit going on you know you you're you're doing all kinds of stuff with the performance center we didn't even get into and um you actually so with that just get it, where can people find m- more info on you and the performance center now that you guys are like doors are open you're you're doing open houses and classes and all kinds of crazy shit down there i got to make my way down south yeah um so first off
1: you're taller you're a lot
0: taller than i thought you were you're a lot you taller you know i got that like three times that weekend and people <laughs> everyone must have thought i was like a 5 foot 6 Mexican or something like
1: I was, say yeah.
0: I was gonna say a five foot six Italian, but oh no, I'm Mexican. <laughs> my mom's Mexican.
1: Um, so my uh I'm on Instagram, chance at GP uh, chance underscore GP guild. Um I do a lot of my professional courses through the guild solutions group. Um I do a lot of night vision and a lot of the civilian classes through GP Armory. Um respect for your guys' sponsor. I'm just gonna keep it at that. Yep. And out yeah, of respect, because I love those guys, those are great dudes. And, um, but Midwest Preparedness Center is our home base here in the Kansas City area. Love to come and train with everybody what we can. And yeah, um, that's pretty much it, I guess.
0: Yeah, man. No, I mean, it's great, dude. I, I always look forward to having you on. I know we could probably go a lot longer. We get into weird tirades and rants, though, usually. So yeah, I thought
1: today was today was pretty good. I think we I think we kept it pretty centric because that's the we talked a lot about a lot of that we talked excuse me. We talked a lot about the things that I don't feel get addressed enough when it comes to quote unquote vehicle courses. Because the at the end of the day, the magic is there is no magic. If you get out of a vehicle, it now becomes terrain. So it's (laughs) that's it it's it's that so a good vehicle course is going to teach you hey drive away or to back up and get away or jump out and run away and then if you've done that you're now in some sort of an urban operation um an urban terrain environment so how do you utilize cover and concealment open areas how do you address angles and communicate and move so it's good stuff Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you just use those pillars the same way you do a barrier, you know, try to minimize it, minimal exposure the best you can Um, know what parts, you know, kind of stop bullets and what parts don't stop bullets and go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Uh, I always appreciate the time. I know you got a bunch of stuff going on with, you know, family and work and other work. And I assume you have a personal life squeezed in there somewhere. So always good to catch up with you, man.
1: The more the, the The older your kids get, the more uh, the more they become your hobbies in your personal life. So right now it's baseball. I'm going to football here in a little bit, and I got baseball oh, afterward. Yeah. and then I gotta put in a dishwasher tonight. So
0: <laughs> all good stuff. All good stuff. Well, hey, man, thank you again, and uh, we'll we'll definitely be in touch. We'll do this we'll do this again soon.
1: All right buddy. Hey, it's good talking to you, big guy.
0: So always uh, a good time always a good time when i get to catch up with chance and i do uh find it very funny the number of people that when i when i meet them in person after connecting through the podcast and stuff that tell me man you're you're taller than i thought you'd be you're bigger than i thought you'd be uh the italian thing i've i've gotten before actually i got that all through school people thought i was italian i'm actually mexican on my mother's side uh but the height thing is funny i guess uh, everyone thought i was like a five eight or five ten just like an average dude or whatever I'm actually six three, so that's always it. Just gives me a chuckle, um, mostly because like me and my twin brother were six three, but then my younger brothers are even bigger. You know, my youngest brother is like six six. Uh, so yeah, definitely not small by, by any means, but, uh, I, I digress, uh, <laughs> really, really good opportunity to sit down and talk with chance. Like, uh, I, I mean, man, the thing, the number of things that I could have conversations with him about, uh, I could go on for days hanging out and talking with him. Even like we get the same movies, we understand the same, you know, pop culture references and, and goofy shit like that. He's just like a solid dude, but, uh, happy to have him on and hear his perspective on, vehicle combatives you know it's just it's uh, like I said in the intro it, I have a feeling it was going to be different than what people were expecting and it's not you know I never do these recordings and and have these discussions with the out and out goal of just uh, you know shitting on how other people teach some things but I do always appreciate when you get a different perspective and a unique perspective that it's not just different for the sake of being different and I feel like in the industry today, we do have quite a bit of that. We have different for the sake of different. And then we have over the top for the sake of marketing. And then you have kind of what it like becomes this like other category here where it's just brilliance in the basics. And yes, there's, there's always that next step. There's always a little bit further that you can go with a lot of these things. And certainly and chance alluded to this or anything he was saying, right, you get into the law enforcement side, you get into the military side, things are different But you can whittle almost anything down to fundamentals. And if you have solid fundamentals, if you have efficient fundamental skill sets like urban movement, like fundamental marksmanship and accuracy and uh, information processing skills, that's always going to carry... An individual further than whatever flashy training package or, you know, three day weekend class running around a vehicle and running to your carbine and things like that. Uh, And and certainly there's a place for it. Not to say that it's not awesome and you shouldn't learn it. I mean, you definitely should. But I think if you're looking at somebody, if you're somebody who is looking to practically prioritize your training dollars and where you're going to be most effective, what you need to know today now to be in a safer position, not just for yourself, but for your family and be smarter about how you handle scenarios. We you know, we heard Chance mention having his family with him at a Costco and then the cops roll in that he knows and they go, you know, hey, just get out. It's not safe. And you take off and you start to think through what that looks like. If you have one or two or God, I mean, when I was growing up, there were four of us. So God forbid, as a husband, right, And you have four small people four younger people to take care of five including yourself or if my mom was there You know, it's five people plus yourself You got to direct everybody you got to know what's going on You got to get everyone safely and you have to be able to a instruct everyone in a succinct manner so they understand under that stressful situation what to do it just The whole conversation we just had right it puts into perspective a little bit differently the way that You can view perceive right Uh, understand these skill sets and where and why you would start to employ them so I thought it was really interesting Uh, certainly if you have more experience on this matter and you can you know push back on this I, I welcome that discussion too We've certainly had, uh, you know, uh, Brian from SlyTech, uh, who worked with the centrifuge guys, and they have their own brand of VC uh, vehicle CQB, which is a little bit different than what we're talking about here. As a lot of what centrifuge teaches, right, is law enforcement oriented, where you're actively probably going to be engaged in a gunfight, versus what we're talking about here, which is the civilian application, where your job is literally to escape to safety. And preserve the life of those immediately around you. Your job as as an armed civilian is not necessarily to go take out the aggressor, to seek them out and and take care of that. that that's not your job as a civilian. Uh, there's no qualified immunity. They're they're just it's it's just not the way it's supposed to be. Now, if you have the opportunity, that's a whole separate discussion. And if you're trained and you're former law enforcement or military, whatever, that, that's that's a whole separate discussion than what we had. But I do think for a large majority of responsibly armed civilians, what we just talked about here is super applicable and super important to understand, and I, I hope you guys got a fresh perspective out of this. And if you are proficient in a lot of the things that we just talked about, maybe you feel just a little bit better. You'd have just a little bit more confidence in your, your skill set and your capability hearing it from this frame of reference. Now, there's always going to be stuff to work on. There always is going to be, you know, that half second that you can cut off your times, that that angle that you're able to get a little bit better understanding, better, you know, points of uh, cover on a vehicle versus points of concealment on a vehicle, things like that. There's always going to be something you can work on and get better at. But hopefully this discussion today helped. Um, I, I always enjoy, like I said, having chance on. And it was really cool being able to meet him at HTA the guys and I are already looking forward to next year where I'm being told he's going to do even more. He's going to be even more involved. Uh, and I hope at some point in the next uh, year or so here, maybe I am able to make a trip down to the performance center that he just opened the Midwest performance center. They have a SIM house or, you know, simulation shoot house, uh, where they can do CQB training. They have open house nights where for like 20 bucks, you can get in. So if you guys are in the Kansas city area, strongly recommend you guys look into that. As I can tell you, as somebody who really, really, really fucking worked hard for a long time to find a venue that was comparable to what those guys just built to, you know, bring Orion Training Group up here to Michigan to host a three-day class in May of next year, those kinds of facilities are not very common. They are Few and far between, and the ones that do exist, a lot of them, unfortunately, are pretty specifically geared towards military and law enforcement uses, and they do not, in most instances, allow civilian training of any kind. It's unfortunate, it's shitty, but it's the way it is. So head you know, head over to their Instagram page, check it out, Midwest Performance Center, find Chance on Instagram, and uh, look him up. He's a great dude, always willing to help, always willing to talk, a lot of knowledge to share. So... Uh, Thanks for sticking around this far, you guys. We'll have another great episode coming at you next week. But until then, you guys get out there. Be safe. It's a crazy, crazy world right now. Keep your head on a swivel and be aware. But until next time, y'all, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.